This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets special presentation. This is day number four of the New York Jets head coaching search. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Joined by a frequent guest on this program. He's a great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not too much. Happy New Year. I'm just uh, doing coaching search stuff. Happy New Year to you too, sir, and hopefully it'll be a happy New Year for all Jets fans and for the Jets organization because they really need to hit it out of the park with this coaching hire. We now are in full swing of this Jets coaching search. It began with Eric Bieniemy, who was the first to interview for the job yesterday, right? Yep, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, he interviewed on Wednesday, Yep, which is yesterday. Yep, He's the first guy and the only guy so far to interview, and Adam Gase is scheduled for an interview Friday, uh, tomorrow here as we speak. Um, of course, the former Dolphins head coach, and uh, those guys are two of the seven known candidates right now. So let's review the candidate list in a second, but first talk about Biennemi. Let's go over his qualifications and whether or not you think that he would be a good choice and whether or not you think he has a realistic chance of actually getting the job. Yeah, I think he does have a chance of getting the job. I think he would be a good choice. There are certainly concerns, I think. So, like, let's start with the positives. I mean, the Chiefs have the number one DVOA-rated uh, offense in the NFL this year. They have Patrick Mahomes, and the enemy certainly deserves some credit for, for those things, even though he doesn't call the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays. The enemy is, in, heavily involved in the, is heavily involved in the game planning, of course, during the week. So, uh, first year as an offensive coordinator at the NFL level, did a couple years at the University of Colorado as the offensive coordinator, and has a background as a running backs coach, which, you know, no direct experience, you know, mentoring a quarterback hands-on-wise. So, maybe a little bit of a negative there. And then in terms of the play-calling stuff, maybe a little bit of a negative there. On another one on the positive side is that he comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and Matt Nagy did too, and he's doing a nice job in Chicago. So, um, uh, if Andy Reid, you know, Andy Reid vouching for him is, is a good sign too. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a, a, a good option. Uh, none of these guys are going to be fail-proof um, and, and sure thing hires, um, but I think he could be a good option. He brings a fresh voice and a fresh perspective. It's not like he, you know, he's been around the league as a retread type. Um, so there's some positives and negatives to him. So let's talk about the next man up, which is Adam Gase, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Before that, offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. What do you think about him, his chances of landing the job, and whether or not he would be a good choice? Yeah, so we have, a like right now up on the site, we have pros and cons up there for Mike McCarthy, Eric Bieniemy, Adam Gase, and uh, and Jim Caldwell, who are probably the four most prominent candidates out of those. So you folks can go check those out if they want a little bit more in-depth beyond what I'm talking about here. And then in addition to that, today I did a, a ranking of the seven guys in terms of the best candidates to worst. I mean, it's my opinion, so whatever. It's not that there's literally zero consequence for me getting it wrong or whatever. But, <laughs> but for what it's worth, uh, it, that's up there right now. I have... Um, and I can't even remember. I think I have the enemy number one, and right now McCarthy number two. And I, I have Adam Gase, I think number three, and Todd Munkin number four. So, uh, look, is that I don't think Adam Gase would be that good of a hire. I mean, he's third out of seven on the list, right? So it's like, you know, he's not like he's third out of a hundred. Um, I don't think he would be a good hire. It would so the positives of him. He's worked with quarterbacks. He's worked with Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, a lot of his success probably in Denver is due to Peyton Manning, but. You know, he's, he knows how a great quarterback uh, works, so that that's something. Um, so the background working with quarterbacks, background with Peyton Manning, um, you know, oversaw a pretty good offense there in Denver. 
uh, again, while Peyton Manning was the quarterback. Um, and so he's got a significant offensive background, significant background working with quarterbacks. He is not really a true retread type. He's 40 years old. He's young. He's energetic. He's I'm sure he'll be eager to stick it to the Dolphins. Um, so, you know, maybe he would have a fresh voice. Maybe he could learn from some of his mistakes that he made at Miami. And those, let's touch on the negatives now with those mistakes. Yeah, he was not well-liked, it seems, at the end of his time with the Dolphins. I mean, the Miami Herald did a did a piece uh, coming out of the uh, the end of that season when he was fired uh, and the last season. And, you know, I quoted from it in the in the Gates pros and cons thing. And one thing was players thought he was overly emotional. Another thing was they thought he was inconsistent with his approach, that he was too quick to abandon something if it didn't necessarily work uh, and wouldn't stick to one thing. Uh, so those are a couple negatives uh, with Gates in that regard. Obviously, won 10 games his first year, and then he slipped to, I think, six wins, and then, what, seven? They won seven games this past year. So, uh, And his offense was, let's, you know, you can almost kind of throw out the 2017 season. Uh, because he didn't have his quarterback. But last year, this past year in 2018, they had Ryan Tannehill for most of the year. They did have a lot of injuries uh, across the board, but uh, their offense was pretty bad. I mean, I think it was 26th or 27th DVOA, and, and then it was the reverse of that the year before. So they, they were below 25th in, in that category and, and offensive efficiency. So um, I would say more negatives than positives with Gase, and that's why he's not the number one choice, I think, on that on that list that I put together. Personally, he'd be seventh on that list. In fact, actually, he'd be eighth on a list of seven for me. I wouldn't touch him with a 100-foot pole, but I'm not the one making this decision. That decision's going to be made by the Johnsons and Mike McCagnin, and so they will be looking for a certain set of criteria. I would think that one guy that checks the boxes is somebody who's been very, very divisive among Jets fans. Some Jets fans are all in on trying to get him. Others, like me, are completely against it, and that's Mike McCarthy, the former head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He's interviewing with the Browns first. There is reason to believe that he may end up getting that job because he does have connections to their general manager, Dorsey. And also, he's obviously an established head coach. He could slide right in there. He's got relationships in the building, and so that would seem to make sense. But if he leaves Cleveland without a deal and ends up interviewing with the Jets, you would think there's a pretty decent chance that they would hire him, right? I think so. I think he'd be the safe hire. I think the enemy would be a little bit less of a safe hire. And then I think Gase would be a risky hire. Todd Munkin... Probably a risky hire, but maybe not for the same reasons as Gates. So that's sort of the, my thoughts on the top four guys that I have there. The other three guys I think are are kind of uh, long shots uh, for various reasons, or they should be considered long shots for various reasons. McCarthy, yeah, I mean, we've been over and over and over in terms of the positives and negatives, and maybe he underachieved in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. He did win a lot. He, he won a Super Bowl, but should he have done more? All things considered, you know, he's worked with quarterbacks. He's worked with Brett Favre. He's worked with Rodgers. Um, the, he's he's a retread though. I mean, he is. You know, is he going to have a fresh enough perspective coming in here? Um, you know, Brett Favre told Kylie on the radio that yesterday, which is what you'd expect. I mean, what do you think he's going to say? You know, he like, you know, kicks puppies or something. Like, I mean, of course he's going to like. <laughs> so, I mean, we. I just feel like an idiot, like regurgitating what Brett Favre says. But there you go. He said that said some good things about Mike McCarthy. For what it's worth, nothing. Um, and uh, you know, it's up to the Jonathan decision. This one. Uh, you know, look, and Jamal Adams saying he likes Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry, that doesn't have any impact on it, on, on the decision. It just doesn't, you know. Uh, so, um, but, yeah, I think McCarthy has certainly, like these other guys, has some positives and negatives, but he would be the, the quote-unquote safest hire in terms of a guy who's done it before. And he couldn't really kill. I mean, look, people would disagree with it, but um, I think 
um, you couldn't really kill the Jets for doing it. I think, you know, you could say they're taking the safe way out, which is not always the best way, but um, it would be a reversal from what they've done with all of their coaches since Bill, uh, Bill Parcells. And, and that's a coach who has previous NFL head coaching experience. Uh, and also an offensive minded guy. I haven't had an offensive minded guy since coach. I haven't had a guy who would, with previous NFL head coaching experience since Parcells. So, um, those, those would be, you know, maybe factors the Jets ownership is looking at and saying, like, you know, try something new here, um, w- w- with this, with this hire and a guy who's worked with the quarterback too and Mike McCarthy. So, um, well, I think he'll probably have the pick of his job with the Browns or the Jets. So does he want to work with Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold? Uh, or does he want to coach at all? There was some, there was some thought that, uh, report out there that he, you know, just wanted to take 2019 off is really close with his, with his family, obviously. I don't, you know, he's like a normal human being, I guess, in that regard. But, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, I guess his, his kids are high school age and they're still in Green Bay. And so that would be, you know, they don't, he don't, doesn't want to necessarily uproot them. Um, so he'd have to find a situation where, you know, he could, he could, um, you know, have his family reasonably close by. And I guess that's why he doesn't want the Arizona situation because it would just be so much farther from Green Bay. You know, not the Cleveland or the, the New Jersey or New Jersey right next door, but a little bit closer. So that's the situation, uh, with McCarthy. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, so let me bring him up for a second. And we're going to talk quite a bit about him tomorrow when Connor Rogers joins me to really break down the college end of this in terms of Cliff Kingsbury, Monken, who has college head coaching experience, and even maybe some wild card candidates, which we'll get to in a second. But with Kingsbury, I've never seen this before, but three of the Jets' best players were publicly pining for the guy. You mentioned Jamal Adams, but also Marcus May and Christopher Herndon. Have you seen anything like that before? And I would imagine that, like you said, it's not going to necessarily determine anything. It can't hurt his chances, can it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it helps a little bit, but Cliff Kingsbury would not be a good hire for the Jets. It's like he's a, he's a sexy name, and these guys know him from college. And Jamal Adams' connection, I presume, is there from when he when Johnny Manziel was at. I don't even know when Johnny Manziel was at LSU. Jamal Adams, I don't even or was at A and M with Kingsbury. I don't even know if Jamal Adams was in college yet at that point, or maybe he was really young. So it's not like Adams played Kingsbury at Texas Tech. I'd have to go back and look and see if LSU played A and M during that period when Adams was there and Kingsbury was there. And anyway, look, 
Adams is a Texas guy, so he's familiar with what goes on down there and, and knows Kingsbury's reputation for being at A&M and working with Johnny Manziel. Uh, you know, and, and we did great things with Pat Mahomes uh, too. So those are those are pluses, no doubt. Uh, but the guy was thirty five and forty at Texas A and M, and from twenty thirteen to twenty eighteen, he didn't win there. He's never coached in the NFL. Uh, he has a lot of good offensive ideas, um, but I don't know if he would translate to being a head coach at this point in his development. Maybe maybe later in, in his career, but um, you know, he he didn't win at a place where other people have won. Mike Leach has won at Texas Tech. It's not like it's impossible to win there, and Kingsbury didn't win. And, and ran the same type of system, you know, that up-tempo stuff. Um, but I th- I don't think it would be a good hire. I think there's too much risk involved. In it. And he has a lot of good offensive ideas, so maybe it's a case where the Jets are, are wanting to talk to him and get some ideas and pick his brain a little bit um, and, and, and use some of those ideas going forward. I think he'd be a really interesting offensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, he's got an offensive coordinator job at USC, which is, is a pretty good gig. So... Would he be willing to leave for an OC job in the NFL? I don't know. I'm sure he he would definitely leave for a head coaching job. I just don't think that. I think it's unrealistic that the Jets make an offer to him or hire him. Um, so I, I just don't see it happening. Too much of a of a risk there. You know, I put him I think fifth in that order. I did. I think it was it was Bieniemy, uh, McCarthy, Gase, Munkin. I think Gase or Munkin could go either way there. And then I put uh, Kingsbury fifth. Um, just because I think there's just too much of a risk, and the Jets, you know, can't afford to take that risk at this point. They do need. I, I know there's, the, you know, there's benefits having a fresh voice, but at some point, um, you know, you need to balance that desire with a more of a, a resume that's proven. Worth noting that if the Jets want an inside view of what it's like to play for Cliff Kingsbury, they don't need to go very far. All they have to do is call their man, Davis Webb, who was his quarterback at Texas Tech for a couple of years. So I would be curious to hear what Davis Webb would say about the possibility of Cliff Kingsbury coming in as the head coach of the New York Jets. Again, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow with Connor Rogers, and we'll really get in detail about Kingsbury's tenure at Texas Tech, but I will say this much. It would be one hell of a home run swing. He's either going to be the next great head coach or he's going to be out of the league in a year or two. That's basically what it is. It's a huge risk. I don't know that the Johnsons and McCagnin have the stomach for that type of risk. In fact, I would assume that they don't. So we'll see what happens there. He's an interesting name for sure. Real quickly, though, Daryl, let's talk about the other three names. You've got Jim Caldwell, who has some experience as a head coach. And then the other two names who don't have experience as an NFL head coach, but Todd Monken does have experience as a college head coach. He did a really nice job as the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. And Chris Richard, who's done well as an assistant on the defensive side of the ball, which is a little bit surprising that the Jets are going down that road. Although I've said this many times, I think the idea that they have to hire an offensive minded head coach is a little silly. You want to hire a guy that knows how to manage a staff and be a competent head coach, regardless of which side of the ball he's from, but he did well in Dallas and also in Seattle. So break those three down for me real quick, as far as what you think of them as potential candidates. And if you think they have any realistic chance of getting the job. You know, if the Jets want to go super safe route and super conservative route, and so many of these NFL ownership groups are they're so conservative all the time with all these things. Jim Caldwell is North Turner. Like, that's what this is. This is a guy who is not really successful, who's continuing because he had a couple good years to get more and more chances. Like, that would be a bad hire. He is the ultimate retread. 63 years old. I mean, not to even make ageism a part of it here, but, like, his message is not fresh. 
Um, you know, yes, he has experience on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think a Caldwell hire would be a bad one. You know, I don't. I think that would be just the safe way out. Of the you know lesser version of Mike McCarthy type thing. You know, a guy who just feels to me like North Turner, like a guy who inexplicably kept getting more and more chances based on what? Because the NFL is so afraid to go outside the box and try something new. Um, so that's that's Caldwell. I guess he does have experience offensive side of the ball, working with quarterbacks, all that stuff. And, uh, but he, he's a proven loser as a head coach overall. I mean, not in terms of being a Hugh Jackson type or whatever, but and he's not a guy, he's not a... a He's proven what he is as a head coach. Um, so that's that. I think Munkin would be interesting. You, know, you look at what Munkin did at Southern Miss. It was really, really interesting. I mean, that program was a disaster before he took over. They went 0-12. Um, the, the coach who preceded him, Alice Johnson, was fired after a year. They went 1-11 in Munkin's first year. By two years later, they were 9-5. And, and then um, he goes to Tampa Bay and becomes the offensive coordinator there. And I think they had the 12th best. Uh, offensive DVOA this past year, so he did a really good job there. Um, and I think and he's a fiery guy. He's got a reputation for being very brutally honest and brutal. And no, obviously, no NFL head coaching experience. Not a lot of head coaching experience. Period. So, you know, not a, really a sexy name, but um, you know, a guy who, I, like I said, I think I had him fourth on that list, and um, he'd be a fresh voice for sure. Um, so that's that's Munkin and uh, Chris Richard. I, I just don't see it because of the offensive thing, because he's never been a head coach, um, because he had, does have defense coordinator experience, but it's limited. He does call the plays in Dallas uh, defensively this year. I guess he took that over uh, maybe early in the year. So he, even though his title is defensive backs coach slash passing game coordinator, I guess it would be passing defense coordinator. That title almost makes it seem like he's coordinating the actual passing attack. But um of course, he's he's in charge of of stopping the pass, uh, and then calls the plays defensively. And he's a well regarded leader around the league. He's gotten a couple other interviews. I think the Bucks are interested in him. So it's not like the Jets are the only team interested in him. So I think it would be an out of the box hire in terms of going on the defensive side. But he is considered a strong leader. I think he's thirty nine or something like that. So a young, energetic guy, It'd be a fresh voice. You know, maybe they could sell that. I just am so I would be so against. Tyler Jim Caldwell. Like I just think that would be awful. I think Gase would not go well. I think uh, Kingsbury would be too much of a risk. But you know, Gase has a uh, has a resume at least. And but the other guys, I think you know McCarthy, Bieniemy, uh, Munkin, and even even Chris Richard. I think the Jets could sell those. I don't think Chris Richard would be their first choice, but. Um, you know, if he would, you know, he shouldn't be. Uh, if he's, if he's, just a couple guys turn him down, or one or two guys turn him down, maybe he's the next choice. So that's sort of how I see it. Um, you know, I think Munkin could be a decent choice. I think uh, the enemy McCarthy's probably the top choice, and then you know maybe they could sell Chris Richard, and they could probably maybe justify Adam Gates to themselves. But I just don't see it this year. You know, maybe he takes a year off and regroups. But uh, Caldwell would be. No good, um, and uh, you know I, that's where I fall on him and Kingsbury and and all you know and all those other guys. So hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a sixty-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I think that the Jets would have the most trouble selling Gase, and then after that, Caldwell. At least with Caldwell, you could say, well, here's a guy that went to the playoffs a bunch of times, went to a Super Bowl. It wouldn't be something the fan base would like, but I think you could at least sell it from a PR standpoint. I don't see how you sell Adam Gase at all, especially considering the fact that he was a failed coach with a division rival. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely going to be interesting. It looks like, unfortunately, the Jets missed out on a lot of the top coaching candidates over the last few years this doesn't seem like a super strong pool but we'll see what the Jets end up doing here the next couple of days and weeks who knows how long this is going to take are going to be fascinating and it's going to engulf all of our lives especially you Daryl and Matt Stipulkowski over at NJ.com you're going to be writing lots of great material I know you have tons up right now in fact you mentioned before that you have that article up handicapping the seven guys that are publicly announced for this. So, Daryl, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what you've got up there, what's coming down the pike, and also, if you want, throw out a dark horse candidate that you think might emerge at the last second or something if you have one. Yeah, well, a dark horse candidate. I mean, I don't think he'd be a dark horse candidate, but where's Pete Carmichael on all this? You know, he's he's got one interview on Saturday, and that's with the Packers. So maybe the, what that tells me is teams have poked around on him through back channels, and he is interviewing for the the win now job that's open right now. The Packers, maybe he's being selective. Maybe that's what that tells me. People have wondered, you know, what the deal is with Pete Carmichael, and, and maybe the Jets have and other teams have checked on him. And uh, he said, you know, he only wants to do the Packers. So maybe not. I just I think that would be an interesting candidate. I had him, uh, I had him high up on the list, um, and uh, I, you know, figured the Jets would reach out. And so maybe they have, and. and and we're told no. But in terms of the stuff that's up there right now, like I said, we have pros and cons on Eric Bieniemy, Michael McCarthy, Jim Caldwell, um, and Adam Gase, the four most prominent candidates for rankings of all seven guys right now in terms of preference. Yeah, you know, I have Gase three. Maybe that's too high in retrospect. I was tired last night when I did it. Uh, like I said, it, you know, it's sort of something that you kind of think about over, and, and maybe those evolve a little bit. But um, and then you know, Matt's got a few things up there, including a rundown of the, the, Jim, the Jim Caldwell pros and cons. Um, and we have a you know a recap up there on the one half of the previous day and what to watch for the next day. It's all heavily coaching search oriented. There's a few things here and there up there right now. Early look at free agent targets. Um, I, I'll give you a, a, my take on who they should pick at number three. I really like Clellan Farrell for them at number three, presuming they don't trade out, presuming Nick Bosa doesn't fall. Um, I guess you could make an argument for the Josh Allen kid from Kentucky. So a little bit of sprinkled in draft and uh, and free agent stuff up there. And then on Sunday we'll have a look at the guys, uh, among other things, over the weekend, to look at the guys to watch in the national championship game because this championship game is, is chock full of really good prospects. So uh, it'll be a look at you know, who are some Jets' uh, potential prospects uh, to look at in this game. I mentioned Farrell, Quinn and Williams, the kid from Alabama, the defensive lineman. So, um there's that too coming down. So appreciate everybody reading. Appreciate you having me on and busy time, obviously, but there's a lot of good stuff up there. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to reading what you have coming down the pike the next couple of days. And we will talk again 
early next week as we continue our journey through this head coaching search for the New York Jets. A very exciting but nerve-wracking time for Jets fans, but we will have you covered here on Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Of course, Daryl and Matt Stipulkowski have you covered at NJ.com. So lots of great coverage. Do not miss any of it at NJ.com or the latest and greatest in Jets podcasts. You know where to go for that. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.